0: Welcome to Set That Bitch Free, the Your Inner Bay podcast. I am so excited about this interview right now. I, I really can't contain my excitement. I've been thinking about it all week. It's also epic because I can see her in this new um, software that we're using. I'm I'm into it. But I have Katie Calder here with me, who I have been talking about, honestly, for the last, I would say, three weeks straight, at least. She's amazing. She is a human design and intuitive guide. She is a yoga teacher, a wellness blogger. She's a tech professional. I mean, she's everything. And she changed my life recently. And I'm so excited for her to change yours. So welcome, Katie. Oh, thank you for being that here. That was the best intro ever. Thank
1: you. I'm so. We were just talking. I'm so excited about this podcast and this conversation. And thank
0: you for having me. Oh my God, of course. So you know, for those of you who are listening who don't necessarily know about human design, it's totally fine. I knew nothing about human design when I reached out to Katie. I just I felt this intuitive pull um towards her and needed to learn or was at a place where I was feeling really fucking lost and um something about her Instagram, which you can follow her, but something about her Instagram pulled me in and um I'm so glad it did. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with the term human design, can you just explain a little bit about what it is.
1: So human design is a system that basically gives you the blueprint of your soul's mission and who you came to be in this world before all the conditioning, before everyone else told you what you needed to do, who you needed to be. And it combines all of these ancient traditions, so Eastern Western astrology, the Kabbalah, the chakra system, quantum physics, biochemistry, like all of these tried and true systems into this one modern system that shows you who you came to be, and then also gives you a system and a strategy and a way to live that out. And it basically covers any and all areas of life and can be used to help guide. But I think more than anything, what it comes down to is knowing that you are unique, you are individual, and your way of navigating the world is not the same as everyone else. So What I find is it grants you permission to be who you are and the freedom to embody that in your life.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, when the best part was when we were doing our reading, I remember like multiple times saying to you, like, I kind of want to cry right now. Like you're literally describing me and you were like, well, right, I literally am reading you. (laughs) Like this is your blueprint, this is you. But it was so validating in so many ways. And I really feel like from that point on, I just shifted this this weight that I felt was sitting on my chest like I I mean I'll talk a little bit about this in a solo episode that's coming up but I was absolutely going through like a little bout of depression for sure and I couldn't tell you why at the time I didn't know and I was feeling not shameful at any point throughout the process but just Bummed. Like, why? What's up? What What triggered this? Why am I here? And I feel like after I did my reading with you, I was like, I know exactly why I'm here and I know exactly how to move through and out of this. So it was amazing. But I'm so curious what led you personally to pursue this career in human design.
1: So in pursuing it, it was kind of happenstance, but I have always been a huge fan of anything to help me get to better know myself, self-development, anything like that. I love systems too. And we'll probably get into this at some point. Part of it is in my human design, I have an open G center, an open identity, which basically means like I didn't come into this world to understand or know who I am or to know my purpose in life or to look for direction or to look for love. But so I look and kind of gather all of this stuff and help me paint a bigger picture. So for years, I've kind of been on this spiritual journey for the past, I want to say, three and a half years that was catapulted by a number of events, a number of understandings of how I wanted to operate in my life. And I dove really, really deep into astrology and tarot and yoga and and all of these modalities. And then I think I found it on a podcast for the first time, Human Design, And all the systems that I had studied previously or looked into, or that kind of told me about myself, they nailed me and and they got me right, but they didn't give me anything to do with it. It's like, yeah, I'm a Taurus sun, Virgo moon, Scorpio rising, and I know my entire birth chart, but like, what do I do with that? How do I use that? How do I use all of these things? And Hume Design not only nailed me, but it was like the biggest breath of fresh air to be like, oh yeah, it's okay to be me. And like even if the world told me otherwise or that I have to do this in order to be successful or I have to live this way, like no, that doesn't work for me. And that doesn't work for you, right? And that doesn't work for this person. And it all works so differently. And it gave me, just as I said in the beginning, such permission to embody my highest potential, to embody a new way of living in my day And I could go on. I mean, every single aspect of my life, it gave me permission to just be free. And that's all like my purpose with it. And uh, I was talking about it for probably two years before I started officially doing readings and using it. But all I want is to give people permission to do the same, to give people permission to be like, wow, I am beautiful. I am amazing. I am whole. And just because I've been conditioned away from that or that it needs to look a little bit different, it's not the truth. And my truth is not anyone else's truth. And there's no there's no right or wrong, right? There's no hierarchy. One is not better than the other, but just to know that you have this map, that probably feels right, right? Like everything I told you, it doesn't necessarily, it wasn't stuff that you didn't know, but it was confronting in, oh yeah, I've always known this and now I'm gonna own it. And now I'm actually gonna shift and just like get rid of the fluff that I've been told and own my truth. So so it was very happenstance. Um some people recommended me at first as a reader and all this and and I kind of like I always think that I need to know, know it all and know there's there's always more though. All I say always is the more you know the less you know. Like all all I know is I know nothing. But in stepping into a role as human design reader as an intuitive guide and continuing to expand upon those moving forward in different ways. I have seen such profound shifts in people's lives in just like being free. And that's, that's all, that's what it's done for me. And that's all I hope to continue to do.
0: Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It really is. I mean, I'm super into just, you know, I mean, I have the inner babe and the inner babe to me is you at your most authentic self. And for me this human design really allowed me to sort of just continue to embody that self and i had gotten disconnected and i didn't really know why and i mean well t- i want to talk about archetypes and all of that and i'm i'm a generator which i know 70% of the world are generators i know for that 35 oh, I'm sorry extra. 35 yeah. great awesome numbers me not a thing <laughs> so 35% of the world are generators um I've definitely told people it's, that, it's 70%. So, like, that's great. That's awesome. Um, listen to this podcast, not me. Listen to Katie. Gen- you're right. 70%
1: are generating type. So either generator or manifesting generators. Okay.
0: Okay. So
1: you're not off. You're not off.
0: Make me feel better. Awesome. Um, But, you know, I realized that by being a generator, there's so much tell in my gut. And just doing this reading with you was the reminder of that. It's the exact thing that you're saying. Like, I already knew that. I've said since I was really young, like, my gut is never wrong, ever. Like, I feel it in my entire body. And whether I choose to listen to that or not is really what I took away from our reading. But um, it just it just allowed me to, to fully embody again or come home to myself, um, which was so fucking valuable. So, You know, let's talk a little bit about these archetypes or like what are the different kinds of energy types. Yeah. And I'm
1: gonna dive into that in a second because I just want to respond to exactly what you just said in the permission. And before I dive in, the mind is never the authority. So if human design says anything, it's like the mind never gives us the answer. The mind never has truth for ourselves, it has truth for other people. It is for truth for conceptualizing and processing. But It never has truth in our decisions and you are a sacral generator. So like your gut is your source of truth, but that looks so different for everyone else. Mm -hmm. So I talk about these and when I talk about the different types, the different energy types, we call them, you can be a certain type and the type doesn't talk about your personality at all. The type doesn't talk about who you are. It merely talks about how you're supposed to use your energy Within the world, within the other. And so there are these five types. And every type you understand it because that tells you how to, what a strategy, a specific way of interacting with the world. So the five types are manifestors, generators, manifesting generators, projectors, and reflectors. Three are known as energy types, which are manifestors, generators, and manifesting generators. Uh, they have consistent access to either manifesting or generating energy or both. And then projectors and reflectors are non-energy types. This does not mean that they don't have energy. It just means they don't have consistent access to those. They can have actually more energy, but just shorter bursts because they're riding the energetic waves of the other types. And so every single type has a specific way that it's supposed to use its energy in the world. And diving deeper into your chart, diving deeper into, I mean, it goes on forever will tell you the ways, the patterns, the gifts that you have. But the first place that you ever start with human design is obviously your type. And so I always start with manifestors. And we have been conditioned by manifestors, the entire world, in that in order to be successful, we need to do and we need to push and we need to initiate. And really, that's only correct for about 8 to 10% of the population, which are the manifestors. And manifestors are the ones that are here to just do it. They are the visionaries. They used to be all of the kings and queens throughout history. They are the ones that are supposed to just like do what they want, say what they want, initiate, and then allow everyone else to kind of play out the work. Um, they're here to freely and independently create waves and be catalysts for transformative change. And with that, their strategy is to initiate and inform. So, it's very interesting. We need more empowered manifestors because while manifestors are the one that we are all societally conditioned by manifestors have often been told that they're too big or that uh, they have this aura that uh, repels other people because they have so much power to do and initiate. And the importance, the very important thing for manifestors is to Notice where they're trying to people-please in their life. Notice where, where they're trying to lessen down what their impulses and things that they want to do are because when they initiate, inform, align with their vision, tell the other what they're going to do, the right people are going to come behind them and push them forward into all that's right. So they are the first type. Now the second type are generators like you. Like me. Like you. <laughs> and generators are about... 35, 37% of the population. The percentages kind of change, so I like to give a little range. Um, But generators, one thing in life is to learn what they love and unapologetically go after what lights them up. Because generators are like these magnetic, sparkly beings who, when they're following what they love, they not only create more energy for themselves, but they create energy for everyone around them. And generators have consistent access so, what we call sacral life force energy. If you have a defined sacral, you're either a generator or a manifesting generator, and you have consistent access to energy, but that energy is supposed to be used towards what you love, towards doing what lights you up, because that's when you create the momentum. That's where you create more energy. That's where you get excited. That's where you just can have like a nonstop ability to work. But I don't, I don't like to call it work because I think that that, has a, I don't know, a negative tone around it because your work should feel like play ultimately. And generator's strategy is to respond. And the strategies are where I see if you, if you're Googling online and looking at these people get really confused by, and what it means to respond is because you're a generator all day, every day, you have something to respond to, whether that's the friend that texts you, let's go on a walk, right? Rather that's the email that you get that says come to this dinner party, whether that's a sign on the road that says apply for this job or whatever. All day, every day, you have things to respond to. It's about responding correctly for you, which is where your authority comes in, which is your decision making, which we might not get into today, but how you determine what's right for you and what's not, because a lot of generators might feel like they don't have energy. And that's because they're not they're not aligning their energy to what lights them up. They have the capacity to work and to hold so much. So they get caught in the shoulds. And if anything, it's like I want to free the generator to be like anything that your mind tells you you should. If your authority, your decision-making process is not telling you that that's correct for you, ditch it. There's something else that's just waiting for you to respond to.
0: So those are generators. And that's How many it. times since our reading have I texted you being like, Oh my God. Is this right? Okay. This is what I feel. But then like, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, th- what does it feel like? And I'm like, this is it. And you're like, then that's it. Your mind is coming in. Like, ignore the mind. I'm like, okay, okay. I've done it literally. I mean, in huge situations recently since I spoke to you and yeah, I just feel lighter. Like I can't explain it. It's just, even the, the night after I spoke to you, I mean, since I went and did the Hoffman process, I've written in the same journal every single night since I left the process, like consistently every night. And even if I was like, had a fever or something, no matter what, always wrote in the journal. And I sat on my bed and, you know, it's these little things you respond to, but I was so disconnected from responding in the opposite way against my gut that I was like, you know what? I'm just making it a point to ask myself every single question and respond the way my gut wants me to, even in the littlest. Littlest decision. So I sat on my bed that night and I was like, I went to go reach for my journal and I was like, wait, do I want to write in my journal tonight? Uh uh. Okay. I'm not writing in my journal. And I remember Daniel turned to me and he goes, uh, but you have to write in your journal. And I was like, no, I actually don't. I actually don't. (laughs) And, you know, since that, I've written in the journal again, but like only when I felt that I wanted to or that it was like pulling me towards that, not because I had to or should. So it was, I mean, that is just a minor example of like how I've utilized what you've, you've taught me, but oh my God, so valuable. So keep uh, on. sorry to interrupt you. I no, thank
1: you for that. Because like, honestly, Jack, you are a shining example of how quickly you can shift because those texts throughout the week, it's so funny. I mean, you know, cause you were texting me, but these long texts about, you already knew the answer, but it's like, this gives you permission to not do what you should. It doesn't matter how great the opportunity looks or how great or, or that this is a practice that should help you or whatever. If it's not aligned with you, it's a no, it doesn't matter how small that could be like, that could literally be eating the salad. If it's a no, it's a no, eat the cake. It's going to digest better for you than something else, right? If it's meditating, if it's a no, if you're a generator. Meditating when you don't want to is going to do a lot of more harm than good. I know that that's like a radical. <laughs> no, I know. But truly, truly, it's 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 all energetics, and you are a shining example. We'll talk more about that after after the rest of the the type, um, which is perfect because the third type is the manifesting generator, and I am a manifesting generator. And manifesting generators are a hybrid between manifestors and generators. And they're here to be trailblazers and break boundaries and have our multi-talented, multi-passionate people who have a generator's drive and a manifestor's ability to accomplish. And manifesting generators are inherently efficient and are not here to follow a linear path at all. They're really here to dabble and test the waters and taste all the things that light them up and then let go of whatever is not. So their strategy looks a little different. There are multiple parts, and then depending on what authority you have, there are even more parts for a manifesting generator because you respond, the generator clicks on first, the world is giving you things to respond to, and the manifesting generator actually is the type that should have the most energy at all, but it's not as linear. Like when the generator commits to something, the generator follows through. That's why it is so important for the generator commit, When the manifesting generator starts to commit, they have to dabble, they respond, then they test the waters and they envision what it feels like. And then there's this moment of truth where it's either a yes or no. And so I'm going to, any manifesting generators listening, I will give you an example. I'll give you the walk example. So let's say Jack texts me and says, let's go on a walk. And so I'm super excited. Jack wants to go on a walk. So I'm like, yeah. And I responded. That's not where my strategy stops. So then I'm, I'm putting on my shoes and I'm putting on my shorts and I'm putting on a hat or something. I'm grabbing my phone and a water bottle and I get to the door. And then there's this moment of truth. And I find clarity and it's a no. The manifester clicks on. It's a no for me. But I already said yes. What do I do? So manifesting generators are sometimes seen as flighty, are seen as non-committal. Often have ADD or are, are diagnosed with that when younger, and the best thing a manifesting generator can do one is to give themselves time, especially if you have emotional authority, but also to be okay with not being linear, to be okay with dabbling in things and gaining clarity quicker than any other types, gaining uh, not only clarity but gaining experience and mastery over things, and then being able to move forward and. I will give one more example. I dove like all my energy into like three different teacher trainings probably three years ago. And all I wanted to do was teach yoga. And so I did. I mean, that was my goal. I did it really quickly. I started. And then about a year went by teaching and I loved it. And all of a sudden I didn't. And I was like, what are you talking about? You invested so much time and energy and money into this and you love it and you have packed classes and, and, So I just was like, you should keep doing this, right? Manifesting generators get caught in the shoulds, just like the generators. And I finally let go one day, even though it's like, what? Are you kidding? You're just going to drop this. And that's when human design popped in. That's when I started doing this. Something is always waiting for you. This is for every single type. But manifesting generators, if I have one thing to say with you, allow yourself to taste all the things. Allow yourself to be all over the place. Allow yourself to have time before making decisions. And let yourself change your mind. The right people will
0: support that. So, those are the first three. <laughs> I have full body chills, and I'm not even a manifesting generator. But like, I love when you're like, when you're like, I got to the door, and it's a no. I'm like, oh, it's no. the same for you. I mean, yeah. no, totally. You. If your mind says yes, and it's the
1: same for every other type. It just looks differently in how it shows up. But we all have these patterns. It's just it's how it shows up. But the same reason why I don't schedule things, I don't schedule any readings more than like a week in advance. Part of me is like some people schedule months in advance. Is that going to hurt my business? No, that's a lack mentality. That's a fear-based mentality. I know for my energetics, in order for the right people to come at the right time, it'll all happen. I don't have any availability right now. I'll probably open it in a day, but I don't know. So it's, it's, yeah, amazing. Trust. Trust. So trust and also just noticing where your mind is getting in the way and really deeply trusting your body and trusting your strategy. So, the third type, ah, projectors. Fourth type, L- losing track of my numbers. Projectors are here to be the guides of the tribe. Projectors, like, are kind of on a perch and see everything, see systems, see how the world is interacting, see how people are interacting. And they're here to guide and lead and direct the energy of all of the other types. And it's really important for projectors to know how wise they are and to honor and recognize their wisdom in order for that to be recognized by the other. Because a projector's strategy is to wait for the invitation and recognition. And I see more projectors, I think maybe tied projectors and generators, but I have a huge percentage of projectors I see, which is interesting because they're only about 20% of the population. But Projectors really, I think, get caught up on this whole wait for the invitation thing. Wait for the invitation. What does that mean? I literally can't do anything until I'm invited? No. So it it only has to do with when the other is operating. That's when the strategy comes into play, right? Responding is when it's with the other. It's when you're doing something. It's not when you're just like doing something for yourself. That's when you check in with your gut response, but you don't have to respond to The door opening to allow yourself to get dinner. You can open the refrigerator door and get it. So, similar to projectors. Projectors in waiting for the invitation, I always give this example. So, let's say that you, as a projector, you're on a deserted island and there's a palm tree and there's a coconut and you're thirsty and you want the coconut. Well, you don't have to wait for the palm tree to invite you to cut down the coconut and drink it. It's never going to happen. I mean, maybe on some planet the palm tree will speak to you, but Right now in the 3D reality that we're in, the palm tree is not going to speak to you. You can just cut down the coconut and drink it. But if Johnny is on the island, and because you're a projector and you know things and you see things, you know that Johnny's thirsty and you know he would benefit from having that coconut. That does not give you permission to cut down the coconut and force feed Johnny. He won't like that. He really won't like that. But if Johnny says, "Ugh, I'm thirsty, you can be like, oh. Johnny, there's a there's a coconut. Would you like me to cut it down and for you to drink? And he'll be like, "That is the most brilliant idea I've ever heard. Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. So it is so important for projectors to recognize what you see and what you know, and wait for those ends because when projectors recognize how amazing they are, how wise they are, there will be no lack of invitations happening. You will be invited all day, every day, to share your wisdom. Then what's important is to check in with your authority, whatever it is, to see which is the right invitation for you and which is not. And the final type are our magical rare reflectors, which are only about 1% to 2% of the population. And if you look at your chart when you get your life chart, and so I should probably backtrack with this, To, to download your free human design chart, you need your birthday, your birth time, and your birth location. The birth time is actually very, very important for this. So like, if you were born in a hospital and don't know, call up the hospital. They'll probably have your records because more than astrology, like little things in your chart will change, and and it can have a big effect on everything. But you need those, and then you can go type in free human design chart. My favorite website is geneticmatrix.com, but you can also do mybodygraph.com or humandesignamerica.com. But if you look at that, if you download that, and you're a reflector, All of your centers, which are those triangles and squares, are going to be white or undefined or open. And what that means is reflectors are like human mirrors. They are the ultimate chameleons that are here to literally reflect the world in them and show us who they are. They reflect the health and wellness of the world. They reflect how society is doing, and they can taste and pretty much be like all the other types. And it's so important to take note of their environment, to take note of who they're around because they can become the other. It's like, if you wanna see who you are, look at a reflector. And reflector's strategy is to wait a full moon cycle. And this is a big one for reflectors because a lot are like, I can't make any decisions for 28 days. It's the major decisions because what happens is because reflectors are so open and are such mirrors, let's say that a reflector goes to a dinner with a bunch of bankers and the reflector is in like architecture or something. And all of a sudden the reflector can so see the other and can see the excitement of all these bankers about banking. They suddenly are like, that's it. I'm going to become a banker. And they're so sure in it. They've never been more sure. It is so important for those big life-changing decisions to check in you know, every couple days and wait one month before you decide for sure that you're going to be that banker and switch careers. Because if it lasts over that 28 days, then sure, go for it. But because reflectors are so, 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 so sensitive to the cycles of the moon and because the signs and the moon changes within different signs every two to three days, like currently last night it was in Virgo. We had a void course moon, which is when the moon switches. And now we're in Libra. The reflector is going to feel most likely the most impacted by the change in the mood and will feel, right, the pretty rigid, you know, uh, organized, structured uh, aspects of Virgo to now the balance of Libra, a little bit more cerebral. And so they're going to be changing so much through the month. And with that, those are the five types. And that, again, type is only the first place to start because it only lays the groundwork for all the rest of your chart, but there's so much. We would, It would take years to go over one person's entire chart.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, our session was like a little over 90 minutes. Like it was, and I feel like I still had a billion other questions and we still could have oh, kept course. talking. You mentioned like a little bit in each type about the authority in relation to human design, but can we, can we dive in a little bit into the different types of authorities too?
1: Yeah. So- Your authority in human design, if you know anything, right? It's your type, your strategy. Those are linked. And then your authority. And your type and your strategy tell how you're supposed to use your energy and then how you're supposed to interact with the other. And then your authority is how you make decisions. So, Jack, after you respond to something, right? You have something. Someone invited you to a dinner party. Now you check in with your authority. And everyone's authority, everyone's decision-making, inner decision-making system is totally different from other people. And there are seven authorities. So the authorities are emotional, sacral, splenic, self-projected, ego, mental, and lunar. And the main thing to know about the authority is we have been told and conditioned from when we were very, very little that we need to rationalize and process and think about our things and we need to make sense of the world and we need to really consider and weigh all the options and do the right thing and use our mind to make decisions. We've, that, Since we were very young, that's how the world has, has taught us. But that could not be further from the truth. And this is where I see the most transformation in people when they start aligning to their authority. So I'm not going to go too deep into all of them, but about 50% of the population is emotional authority. That's me. You can have four different emotional waves or a combination of those emotional waves within emotional authority. So what you'll feel is different, but basically emotional authority means that your feelings dictate how your decisions should be made and that you have no truth in the now. So as a manifesting generator with emotional authority, I don't have truth in the now on how I feel about something. On if you asked me to do a podcast this day, I said, yes, I know that day. I'm not sure what time. Mm-hmm. I gave you, I, I asked a couple times. Mm-hmm. With emotional authority, it is so important that you find emotional clarity and neutrality. That could take two seconds, it could take two years, but it's important to check in a couple different points on your emotional wave, like when you're feeling low, when you're feeling high, and then find neutrality before committing to anything. Because if you make decisions in the now, you're toast. You're probably going to have to change your mind and then you're going to feel guilty and shame about you know, being so flighty and noncommittal. It's just, there's no time for that. So give yourself time if you have emotional authority. Then there's sacral authority like you, which is the total opposite. The sacral authority has total truth in the now and it's about your built-in gut response. A rising of energy, a yes will be uh uh-huh. It'll speak through the throat. It will feel like your gut rising up to the throat and it'll speak once. And then what's going to happen is your mind's going to try to override that or it's going to be like uh uh-uh if it's a no. Sometimes it'll say, hmm, if it doesn't know, but it has two, sometimes three, hmm, for an unclear, and it always knows in the now. And if you have sacral, and you can probably attest to this, if you have sacral authority, you have so much power in your gut. And you probably have gut issues if you're
0: not listening to it. The most gut issues. When you, have, when you go, you don't have gut issues. I mean, or you definitely have gut issues, don't you? And I was like, the most, I have more gut issues than anyone you've probably ever talked to. Um, no, but it's so true. I think I've only had like one. Mm. And then I asked again and I got like a very clear, uh, huh um, I'm but jealous. That, it was the best fucking tool ever. <laughs> like yeah. I can't, and it sounds so minimal, like, or just easy, you know, like I think initially I was like, oh, but it sounds a little easy for me. Like, I don't know how that's, there's my mind coming in. And being you like,
1: recognize how challenging it is then because of the conditioning that you have with your mind.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting is. So up to bring up Hoffman one more time, yeah. We worked with, you know, your intellect and your quadrinity, basically like your body and your emotional self and your intellect and your true essence. And um I realized being on away at the process, like how intellect forward I was and how yeah. my mind totally came in and jumped in all the time and how my true essence or my gut really always knew. So this was just just affirming that and it was just a reminder was awesome. So keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're, no,
1: please. I love, I love when you give because it just shows. I mean, you are such proof. And I had so many sacral generators over the past week. And sacral generators, when you can really just let go of all this stuff, and I always ask them, like, how quickly do you believe you can change? Because if you trust, you are unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly, your process is so quick. And that's not everyone. When people say go with your gut – it's only like the percentage of the population that has sacral authority. Because for everyone else, that's not your authority. So so then we have splenic authority. And if you have splenic authority, if you have emotional authority, you can be either a generator, a manifesting generator, a manifestor, or a projector. If you have sacral authority, you're either a manifesting generator or a generator. If you have splenic authority, you're either a projector or a manifestor. And splenic authority operates in pings. And it's like our intuition. And one more caveat. If you have the emotion center defined, you always have emotional authority. If you have the sacral center defined, you don't have your emotions defined, but you could have any other center defined. So you always might have another like authority operating in the background. So if you have sacral authority, but you also have your spleen defined, you might get these pings. But it's not your source of truth. Your gut is your source of truth. So you can, when you're listening to these, you can probably, you might be experiencing some of these because they are operating in the background, but you have one source of truth, which is the one that you have to rely on for your decisions. But the spleen, it's almost like a whisper. It's really, really subtle and it speaks once and it speaks in the now and then it goes away. And so it'll be like you're walking down the street and suddenly you hear, turn left. And your mind goes, wait, but I'm I need to meet with this friend and that's on the right and whatever. And your mind's going to try to overprocess it, but the, but the spleen always knows. So if you have splenic authority, it's really trusting those, those hits of intuition that are really quiet, that trust in your environment, that trust in what's coming in and then just going with it and seeing how your life moves from here to here to here to here. It's so subtle and it's so different and it will not speak again. It will speak once. So it's really listening and getting quiet to listen to it. So cool. So cool. Uh, the next type is self-projected authority. And if you have self-projected authority, you are a projector and you have all of the centers that I previously mentioned open. So emotions, sacral spleen, those are all open. And this is such an interesting, I had a bunch of self-projected projectors over the last week and your source of truth literally comes through the tone and resonance of your voice. You have to speak aloud what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what your decisions are in order to hear your tone and then make a decision based on that, because your voice has such power and such resonance. It's usually connected to either your identity center, your mind, like one or, or a number of centers, but it is so powerful. And so we're taught to stay in our mind, whatever. And a lot of people with this might have super, super active minds, but when you start to just speak your decisions aloud, whether that's to a trusted friend or even just yourself, start recording your voice. You will notice what a yes sounds like and what a no sounds like. And it might be weird to start talking aloud to yourself, but start doing it because soon enough it will it will take very, very little time. So then we have ego authority. And this is when the ego or the heart center or the will, the teeny little center with only four gates, four numbers on it, defined. And this, if you have ego authority, you're either a manifester or a projector. And ego authority is the rarest of all authorities, and it is all about doing what you want. So if we have all this conditioning and all this information about uh being selfish and what's wrong, but like if you have ego authority, it is so important, and it's all about using your willpower correctly to serve the interests, serve your interests, and get what you desire. And so the ego, the heart, has so much capacity to do but only in verse. And when the ego authority person knows what they want, it's not about getting into the shoulds or feeling bad about that or feeling guilty or feeling like they can't follow their ego, their their wishes, their wants, their desires. Because when you know what you want and when you know what you want to go after with ego authority, you have more capacity than anyone to do it. But this is very, very important about doing what you want and not doing what you don't want. That's going to take, and, and I see the most conditioning almost with this one because there's so much around that being a bad person. Like what if what you want is not something that you're told that you should want or whatever, whatever. But if you allow yourself to trust this process, it's going to be not only for your own highest good, but for everyone's highest good. And then we have the final two. We have mental authority. And if you have mental authority, you are a projector. And mental authority, sometimes you only have your Ajna, your mind center, either connected to your head or your throat or both. So you have max three centers defined. And if you have mental authority, and I have a very close friend who is a mental projector, it's almost like not having an inner authority because your decisions come from bouncing your ideas off of a couple trusted sources. And it's all about being in the right environments and being around the right people. because you. And it's not about what their opinions are. It's simply about you bouncing it off and noticing the response and noticing how you feel in the response and then making the decision. But it's not about a gut. It's not about a splenic ping. And it's definitely not about the mind. Mental authority people can get very stuck in the mind. Their minds can be processing and processing and processing and never stop. But when you just allow yourself to bounce the thing off of a couple people, you'll find clarity and everything will be easy. Because you're such a mirror too. Mental projectors are very similar to reflectors in a lot of ways. And then the final, uh, reflectors. Reflectors have lunar authority. And this is very similar to their strategy in waiting a full moon cycle. Because they don't have any inner authority. So they can tap into a lot of other people's inner authorities if you're around a reflector. They might be tapping into your sacral authority. They might be tapping into my emotional authority and they might feel pressure to make certain decisions and certain amounts of time. And, and that can be very, very confusing. So before making a radical decision, it's very similar to strategy because it's almost exactly a line. Allow yourself that 28 days, allow yourself to ride the full moon cycle in order to solidify and be sure about that decision and just check in during those 28 days, how you feel about it. Little decisions, where am I going to go to dinner, you're okay because you're tapping into so much different energy all the time. So it's like, it's, a, it's very important though, both this, for everyone, environment is very important, but for reflectors and mental projectors, being around the right people in right environments is really going to have so much power in informing your decisions. Unlike like you, when you're tapping into your correct strategy and authority, you are responding and then you're checking in and then you're instantly getting a yes or no a mental projector or reflector, they might be tapping into your yes. And then that can be confusing in the mind and they don't really know. So it's just a little bit more time is very, very important.
0: Those are the authorities. It's so empowering to know like your type and your authority. It really it really helps you live this like empowered life, you know? Um, and that's why I love talking to you and I could literally stare and watch you talk for hours. But it's just I feel like human design and your babe like Setting that bitch free—it's all so aligned. So aligned. When you set that bitch free, in my opinion, you're living your most empowered life. You're
1: yeah. living
0: in your most authentic self, and I almost—I swear—I feel like I again set my bitch free when I Aww. talked to you. So that was amazing. Um, but you know, I was just thinking about how you told me, and I, I'm gonna—I'm not even gonna pretend like I remember why this is how I um, respond because there's so much information. But I remember you saying to me. I also have something open emotional because I can pick up on other people's emotions and feel them. So um, when you told me that too, I, I was like, holy shit, the amount of times I've come in contact with people and like their energy has like poured onto mine and I'm all of a sudden like, wait, I was in a really good mood. Why am I yeah really insecure and depressed right now? Like what's going on? Um, and knowing that that was because why is that? What? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. So if you
1: have emotional, everyone has emotions and everyone is empathic and empathetic and in all the different areas, but it operates a little bit differently. So if you have emotional authority like me, and I have two very, very strong emotional waves, and I understand my emotional waves because they are operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you have emotional authority, your emotions are operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it just depends on what type of emotional wave you have and and how those are operating. But when you have the emotion center white, which is anyone that doesn't have emotional authority, which is either undefined, which means you might have one or more gates off of it or completely open, you are not consistent in your own emotions. But anywhere that's white, so anywhere in your chart, look for those areas, those triangles and squares, which are known as centers. Look at which ones are white. Because those are areas that are ultimately where we can be the most wise, where we can have our greatest gifts and our wisdom. But they're also the areas that we can take on and amplify the others. They're the areas that we need to be really, really careful with our boundaries. Because if you are white in your emotion center, you are tapping in, if you don't have proper boundaries, to the people's emotions around you all day, every day. So this could look like you're totally fine, and you're totally even and and you talked about this a little bit earlier about you know when we met not having some shame around feeling a little bit of depression or or not feeling great because it's like, "Hello, old friend, why are you back? I have all the tools, I know this stuff well, here's the thing: it might not be yours, and that's that doesn't mean you're not feeling it, but it just means it's incorrect for you. Who are you around that's that's you're tapping into there? Depression, or there, there's something else. What, what are you surrounding yourself with? What are you involving yourself with that you're saying you
0: should, and that's incorrect,
1: or what have you over the past couple months?
0: Yeah, we talked about it. I was like, oh my god, I know.
1: It was so clear. I mean, it was so you knew. Yeah, you knew. I know. You knew, yeah. but but if you're open emotionally and you feel like you never know how your emotions are going to be, that they're going to be super erratic, just really pay attention. To who you're around, because if you walk into a room and this person is anxious, you can not only feel that anxiety, you can amplify it. So you can make it even bigger. And then you walk into this person, and this person's really excited and happy, and you, you feel that and you feel it even bigger. And then this person's super depressed, and this can happen all within half an hour, unknowingly, for everything, for every center, for just every being, no matter what. Observe, don't absorb. Observe, don't absorb. Mantra of the moment. You are here to be wise about emotions to recognize and empathize but not to take on because it's not yours. You can notice it, and you can understand it so deeply. So deeply, which is such a gift. Right? Like with all the work you're doing, you can so deeply understand the other but you're not supposed
0: to take that on as yours. Yeah, no, I was saying I was saying this to my mom, I think, or someone, maybe it was Daniel. I don't know. I was they were asking me, well, how do you with clients then, I mean, you're holding space. It's a lot of energy. And I was like, I swear I have, I must have some like suit of armor that I emotionally put on knowing like I'm in coach mode. I'm going into work, you know, something like that. I, I mean, after we spoke, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's my grandma, like coming and like just yeah. protecting, like and protecting me with her a hug or something. But I don't feel, I don't take it on from clients. It comes, if the situations I can think of that I've, adopted other emotions i can think of them coming from like friends or when i when i am not protected or i'm not my guards down you know like i don't expect to adopt their emotion or feel what they're feeling all of a sudden i do and i can think of so many situations where i'm like huh like what i was just in a great mood Now I'm in the worst mood. What's wrong with me? But now it's like, is it even mine? Which is really, really, really cool.
1: It's crazy. And I mean, you have so many other open areas. I just
0: re-pulled up your chart uh, to remember.
1: But it's really, really important to understand those areas that just boundaries and intention because you're so intentional when you go into a session, right? I remember when I first started human design sessions, my, my open areas are my head, my identity center, and my spleen. You have a defined spleen. I have an open spleen. Having an open spleen means you can quite literally feel the health and wellness take on that of other people's. So it can make you a medical medium. It can make you be able to diagnose and understand the other person, but it also can make you highly susceptible to what that person is experiencing in their body. Mm-hmm. Same with identity, right? You actually, you have an open identity as well, or undefined identity to be completely correct, but, which means you can so see the other person. You so understand who they are. You can so mirror and reflect that. But you don't always need to be able to exactly know who you are or search for purpose or direction because it's going to be placed in front of you. Where other people know exactly who they are, have always known exactly who they are and where they're going, and maybe have been conditioned away from that, have been told that they can't be that. So we, no matter what, we have conditioning in some ways. Again, it's just how it comes in our bodies. And understanding, though, because when I first had sessions, I wasn't properly—I don't think—creating the boundaries I needed, and so I would sometimes feel totally wired or be taking on having having things amplify in my chart, which I knew weren't mine. So, really being conscious of observing, not absorbing, of being conduit but not taking on, because that's ultimately what we're all supposed
0: to be doing. Totally. And again, it's just being able to live that empowered life mm-hmm. as you are. Do less and just be, which I think is just amazing.
1: Because when we be, we do. Because When we be, we are doing. There's such, We are so moving. Thank you for saying that because this is the message. I have seen so much, even recently, about pr- having to prove that you're doing so much and that you're forcing and that you're being. And we're so shifting. This is, I'm going to get really... Out there, we're so shifting from a very masculine dynamic of things to a more feminine, and that's not gender, that's just the energy, right? From the forcing, from the doing to the being. Because in the being, and if we can really be, really be present, really be in it, that's when the opportunities flow, that's when all the right things flow, that's when we're really in tune with our authenticity and with the world around us. And more and more, our businesses are everything going to operate like that because it's not about proving. We have nothing to prove, nothing to prove at all.
0: No. And even when I think, you know, to that little bout of depression I was feeling where I saw so much growth in myself was, yes, I had no shame around the feelings I was feeling, but I wasn't trying to like do a million things to bring myself out of it. I kind of was just like, this is where I'm at. Now I'm just going to let it, I'm going to move through it by trusting my gut and like navigating it that way. I'm not just going to tell myself, oh, you know, I should get out of the house because blah, blah, blah. No, like if I can't, if today it's not happening, it's not happening. I'm just going to be. And um, I was able to just meet it with so much more compassion because of that. And I really do think that human design and doing my reading and all of that allowed me that space. It sets you free. Some
1: Some people do really well with their morning routine.
0: Others don't.
1: Others are not supposed to be consistent. Some people do well eating this way. Others don't. Some people do well in a career like this or being in an active environment. Others don't. Like, it shows all of that. And and it really, really important just to note from this conversation, I don't believe that you need human design. Like, you don't need to believe, because my beliefs are all over the place, all out there. I'm pretty much as out there as you can get in beliefs. But I don't think you need to have any of the same beliefs as me. Actually, I'd rather you not, because that pushes me. It's simply another tool to bring you back to yourself, like your inner babe, everything. It's coming back to the same thing, to truth, to source, to knowing how individual, how unique, how amazing we all are, and that there's nothing we have to do. There's no way we have to live. And when we can really just see and have it mirrored back that who we've always known and what we've always known about ourselves is not only true but okay, and we give ourselves permission, oh, the sense of freedom, the lightness, the expansion, oh, yeah.
0: right? It's 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 crazy. Yeah, you set yourself free. Truly. You set yourself free. Um, so that's a per- you just set me up for my favorite question of all. I mean, I would love to know, just because I find you so wise, but I, I would love to know who the inner babe is to you. Like what is what does your inner babe look like? My inner babe looks expansive,
1: looks unapologetic and in- who she is and where she's going and how she treats herself and how she navigates the world, she feels free to follow her desires, to follow her wants, to know that her birthright was that she's worthy of any and all things and to show others the same, to be a total mirror of that we are so expansive, so capable, so magical beyond measure. And we've simply been told that we haven't all our lives. So my my inner babe is is expansive, and is growing constantly, and is free and is light. Oh, I love
0: that. <laughs> that just made my day. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I love you so much. This is such a treat. I can't thank you enough for being here and for being such a teacher. And you're amazing and so beautiful inside and out. Oh. Hey guys, it's Jack again. I'm still here. But now that you've listened and you know who your inner babe is and what she's all about, you might be wondering exactly how you can find her, ignite her, and then set that bitch free. Well, the good news is there are a lot of ways. First things first, find me on Instagram, at Jack Goulds, where I go even deeper on some of the topics I cover on the podcast. I share personal anecdotes, a lot about my dog, (laughs) and truthfully aim to bring a dose of honesty to your feeds and i'd love nothing more than to connect with you on there and then if you really can't get enough you can also read my blogs check out my recipes and even sign up for a quick breakthrough session to learn more on yournerbabe.com but finally and most importantly if you know someone or you're someone who could benefit from a total reconnection to themselves and increased overall self-worth you can find out more about my business and about my approach to mentality coaching at any of the aforementioned channels. DM me on Instagram. I always respond. Contact me through the website. Email me at Jacqueline at yourinnerbabe.com. And please, please comment and subscribe to this podcast. You guys listening and spreading the inner babe word means the absolute world to me. This episode was produced by Dante32.